Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Byron Howell, and this is the Byron Howell Ministries podcast. I'd like to start by saying that of all the teachings that I've ever presented to the world, of all the Bible studies I've ever written, of all the podcasts I've ever put out there, every Wednesday night Bible study, every everything I've ever done, what we're going to do today might be the one which could help you the most. And if you've listened to them all or read them all or anything like that, not that there's anyone out there that's actually read them all or heard them all, but if you've uh, heard them all or spent any time with me, you know we've covered some big subjects. We've really touched on so many things that could bless your life, so many of God's promises, so many of God's blessings. But truly what we're going to talk about today, this teaching today, is the one that could help every area of your life the most. This is the one that I believe could truly help you take the land, so to speak, really lay hold of all of God's promises for your life. And I truly believe this teaching today is a gift from God to us all, and I rejoice in sharing it with you. And today I want to teach you how to receive from God by faith. I'm going to put all the pieces together and give you a formula that you can operate to see all of God's promises manifest in your life. God's grace and faith system was designed for you. It was designed to make sure you receive all of God's promises, to make sure that nothing could stand between you and God's promises, to make sure that you would receive them. Now, don't get religious on me and say something like, you know, Byron, God is not a program or a formula. Yes, he's not. I agree. That statement does have some truth. But look at the world around you in the Bible, right? God is a God of systems, of order, and arrangements. And the Bible is full of God's teachings that, if followed, will produce certain results. Faith is a program, a mechanism, a tool, a force that can be used and should be used to see God's promises manifest in your life. This teaching today is a simple how-to guide. I have been personally pursuing my relationship with God for around 18 years, and I can tell you that it is both exciting and somewhat sad that after all this time, I finally feel I have a very good handle on faith and how to receive God's promises for our lives. I'm very thankful to all of the teachers that God brought me to, all of the sermons, all of the time I've had, you know, practicing law here in my house, but also listening, also studying, also pressing in. And I really believe that that this message today is a culmination of a huge amount of study, 18 years really learning about faith and how to use faith. And I really believe this is going to bless you. You know, another reasonable title for this teaching could be God's grace and faith system to receive his promises. You see, that's what it's all about. Romans 4.16 says, Therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed. You see, that is how all of God's promises work by grace through faith, so that the promise is sure or guaranteed to the seed. We are the seeds, God's children. Just think back to focus on this idea of by grace through faith a little bit about how you got saved. This is Ephesians 2.8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. The greatest gift that God will ever give us is salvation through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for us all. That is the greatest gift. It is a free gift. It is by grace through faith. And we will never be able to earn any of God's blessings. They are all by grace and they are received through faith. You know, I just want to briefly discuss this grace component before we move on and really focus on faith today. Because you need to get this really ingrained in your thinking and in the way you approach God's promises. You can't earn these promises. They are all God's gift to you. You could never earn your salvation and you could never earn any of God's promises. God doesn't even want you to try or think that way. It's not about that. It is about receiving what God has already done for you by his grace Grace, his undeserved love for you, his unmerited favor for you. Everything God has done for you and everything God will ever do for you is fundamentally a manifestation of his grace for you. 
And once you recognize that, you will stop trying to earn anything from God. And that alone will set you free. Most of today's discussion will focus on the faith part of the grace and faith system. The grace part, in my opinion, is fairly easy to understand. I'm not saying that it's very easy to ingrain into the bedrock of your mind, to literally ingrain God's grace for you into your personal identification of who you are and how you see yourself and your relationship with God. That takes time. You have to work on that, but just... It's all grace. It's all unmerited favor. It's all undeserved love. Every part of our relationship with God is is surrounded by and founded upon his grace for us. And you need to just focus on that, study grace, meditate grace, and get that deep down. But today we're going to talk mostly about faith, you know, because while you might understand the grace part, It does come automatically. God's grace is automatically with us. That's such a wonderful reality. The moment you accept Jesus Christ, you're fully and completely in every sense of the word in in God's grace. So praise the Lord, you got it. But the faith part, this faith part has been largely misunderstood or in, in my humble opinion, those teachers who have taught the faith part, and these teachers, I'm sure, I mean, we look at some of the things that people have accomplished, right? That they understand it. They know how it works. But they haven't done a great job of putting all the pieces together to give a comprehensive overview and the layout of the system, right? This is how you can do it every single time, top to bottom. And that is my endeavor today to bring this not, not, just uh, to further my own study, which it obviously is doing, it's blessing me, it's increasing my faith, but really just to give this as a gift for you all, because this will change your life. This will help you lay hold of all of God's promises to see all of them manifested. You see, for almost all of my time as a devoted Christian, I have considered myself a follower of the word of faith doctrine. That's not as well known as like the Pentecostal or Presbyterian, Catholic, whatever, but it is sort of a group within the group, the word of faith doctrine. And we don't need to get into it all in detail, but basically that doctrine teaches that we can use our words and our faith to see God's will come to pass in our lives, including God's promises. And yes, some adherents of the Word of Faith movement have fallen into error and excess, and there have been some bad examples. And then you see people who have messed up their lives or, or had a bunch of problems come out and denounce it wholeheartedly when in fact it was their own lust, their own greed, their own pride, their own error, their own sinfulness that messed up their lives. And now they come out and basically attack the doctrine. But look, you know, that's their problem, right? From a biblical reading and, you know, to a certain degree, I know what I'm talking about. I wholly agree with the doctrine. I do believe that the word of faith doctrine is biblical. And I believe that if you will listen to me today, see how this works, it is going to radically bless your life and help you to lay hold on all of God's promises. And, you know, I think, unfortunately, and I know a lot of people that, that believe I do as, as I do, right? But unfortunately, I, I think a lot of people that believe in the word of faith doctrine aren't seeing it work correctly in their lives. Or maybe it's working in some areas, but it's not working in every area or it's not working to its full potential. And, you know, a lot of times there's criticism for word of faith teachers. Uh, why you say, oh, you know, the, the, you know, they're believing for money and they're believing for this or they're believing for that, but all the congregation's sick and broke. Well, first of all, that's not really true. That's a lie. I mean, have you really gone and interviewed all the people in the congregation? You know, the congregations that I've been a part of, you know, that's not really true. People are seeing victory. People are seeing promises manifest. People are seeing amazing things happen. We're growing up, you know, and that's been true in my life, right? I've seen it work over time, the Word of God producing in my life. But it is true, and I do admit that a lot of times we see people talking about the promises day in and day out, but they're still sick. They've still got all sorts of problems. They still have a bunch of issues in their lives, and that shouldn't be. But what I hope I can do today is really show you how to work this system over every area of your life 
and you will begin, you know, that will no longer be true for you, that you're winning in one area, but not another, that you're seeing God's best in one area, but not another. No, it shouldn't be that way. We should see God's best in every area of our lives. Now, to move on, you know, one problem is that while many teachers in the Word of Faith movement talk about faith a lot, they're always talking about some of the individual issues associated with the faith process. And I've probably heard a dozen sermons on each of the individual points that I make uh, today, right? But I've never heard that I can recall a true top-to-bottom explanation of how to use your faith and the key associated issues. I believe that I'm presenting this to you today, and honestly, I've just had some things happen in my life over over the past few months that I believe have, have just unbelievably opened a, a light in my mind to see how all these pieces fit together, to see the process from top to bottom, from start to finish, and, and you know, and again, this is not something I've dawned on over uh, a month, you know, if you listen to my podcast, I mean, I have testimony after testimony after testimony of God's word producing in every area of my life. However, I admit I've also been there where I'm seeing God's best in one area, but not his best in another. I'm struggling here. I'm struggling there, but I'm dominating here and I'm dominating there. No, you know, I believe that we should be seeing God's best in every area. That's where I'm going. That's where I know God wants you to go. And, and I really believe that by presenting this faith and grace system from top to bottom, from front to back, like I'm doing here today, you're going to get it too. And you're going to see how you can start winning according to God's will in your life in every area of your life. And my friends, you know, there is just not the slightest doubt in my mind. There is the full conviction in my heart that you can use the grace and faith system to see all of God's promises manifest in your life. And I'll just, you know, I am more excited about my spiritual life right now than ever before. Uh, maybe you probably aren't noticing this, but I'm trying to ramp down my excitement level when I talk a little bit in this podcast to just try to keep it a little more even kill because I'll get fired up. I'll start yelling. My dogs think I'm insane. They don't know what's going on, but, you know, that's all right. Uh, but I'm just saying, you know. I know the big dreams that God has given us, me and you, are available to us. I know we can fulfill our potential. We can do everything God wants us to do. We can live out his plans for our lives. We can dominate as we are supposed to dominate. We can go forth as the church of God, the ecclesia, the kingdom of God's force in the world against the kingdom of darkness as God wants us to. And I know that this grace and faith system is the master key to all of that for our lives so we can truly begin seeing God's will in every area of your lives. And, and it's going to work. You can begin dominating your life as God intends. Look at Genesis one twenty six. You can use your faith to rise to the high places of the earth. That's Isaiah 58.14. And to overcome the world, 1 John 5.4. This is also how we should incorporate our faith into binding and loosing things in the earth to see God's will established here. Look at Matthew 16.17-19 on there. On that. Look, God is not in heaven deciding who will get his promises and who won't. They are already released and given to all Christians as an act of God's grace. The inheritance has been distributed to God's children, but we must learn the way to obtain these promises. In real life, you may be an heir entitled to millions of dollars from a relative's estate, but you must take certain steps to obtain your inheritance. This is also true with God. You must learn the system and do what's necessary to obtain your inheritance. Perhaps the greatest aspect of your inheritance is an empowerment to use your faith to bring God's will to manifestation in every area of your life, to receive all of God's promises. So today, this is an explanation of how to use your faith, and this will work for every Christian. To those of you who have spent years confessing the word and manifestation, I believe this message is a special gift to you. This will help you fill in the gaps. This will help you finally see the manifestation of your faith in every area of your life. So let's get going. I just want to say the process can start different ways, but in general, 
It starts when you want to receive something from God. Maybe it's help in a certain area. Maybe it's one of his promises or maybe it's something else. But there's something you want God's supernatural assistance with or provision for. So are you going, so you are going to pray about it or you're going to make declarations of faith in Jesus name. We've all been there. So what do we do? How do we do this correctly to see the object of our faith? It all starts with God's word. This is bullet point one if you end up seeing the written version of this on my website, byronallenministries.com. It all starts with God's word. If you have a problem, read the verses about that. If you see a promise that you want, study that verse and find more about the same subject. Read some relevant verses covering the matter where you want to receive from God. Okay, now... Choose one or several verses over this situation that seem to be grabbing your heart, the verses that really speak to you. In the Bible, there are various words in the Greek language, in the New Testament Greek, that are translated word, okay? The Greek word logos means written word. The Greek word rhema means a spoken or living word. This is a very important concept. Understand that the promises that are really grabbing your heart, that are really jumping out to you, have been quickened. That's kind of a key phrase that you'll hear people using. It means to make alive. In the King James Version of the Bible, they use the word quicken, which means make alive. But those verses that are jumping out to you, or that are grabbing your heart, they are being quickened to you by God. And that idea of a verse being quickened is not something that originated with me. Okay, that's that's something people talk about, and it's part of the system. It's a key part of the system. That's what you are looking for, to for God to cause a verse to really jump out to you, to to quicken that verse to you. That is like God saying, hello, child, I have this for you. Pay attention right here. I am speaking that verse directly to you right now. All right. It's in the written word. I get that. But the Holy Spirit is causing you to, to focus on that verse. He's bringing that verse to you personally now. It's moved from a written word to a living word. It's been quickened. It's now a rhema. Maybe you read a promise for healing and you want that in your life and it's grabbing your heart. For example, you know, you see by Jesus stripes, I was healed or by, you know, and you grab that. And you're like, oh man, that's what I need. I need that right now. It's pulling on your heart. You know, the Bible promise starts as a logos. Right? And I'm, I know I'm repeating myself a little bit, but this is so important. This is how it starts. The promise starts as a written word or a logos. But when God quickens it to you, it's a rhema for you now. Read the verses until you get your rhema. You will feel it in your heart. Some verses are just calling you. They're grabbing your mind. You might have 20 verses on healing, 20 verses on money, but there's a couple of them where you're thinking, yeah, that's the one. That's the one I want. That's the one for me. Those are your rhema words. Now, look, don't get worried about it if you don't feel any of these verses really jumping out to you or becoming a rhema. Just stick with your Bible study until one grabs your heart. And look, don't worry about it too much. All of these promises are yours. So just do your best. If you don't feel any such feelings in your side yourself about a particular verse, just pick one or two that sound best to you. Pick your favorite one. Look, God will honor that. And in a sense, you can pick your own raiment because they all belong to you anyway. You know, sometimes they jump off the page and you get emotional when you read them. Other times they just sound pretty good. Either way, know that the Holy Spirit is working with your mind and your heart to cause you to like them. And we could go on and on about that. But this is the operation of the Holy Spirit working with you, spirit, soul, and body. You're liking those verses. Those are your rhemas, and you are on your way. Now, look, it just as a side note, it may be that God has spoken a specific promise to you through the Holy Spirit or a dream or some other biblical communication method, right? Like a promise about a specific job or a specific house or something like that, right? That's also a rhema word. And that's great. And you can stand on that as well. But I would encourage you to marry that with some biblical promises 
to go along with that more specific promise from God, right? Get them all together. It's going to help your faith. Now, you take your rhema words and you start meditating them and confessing them. Study those verses and get them ingrained in your heart and your mind. Start speaking those rhema words boldly and aggressively over yourself and your personal situation. This is an application of the verse where Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Mark eleven twelve. You are taking your inheritance. Your inheritance isn't necessarily up there with God now, but it's sitting in the unseen realm waiting for you to take it by faith. Now, look, you might think that sounds weird. That sounds goofy. That sounds, you know, foo-foo, whatever. But that's the reality. Your inheritance has been given to you. It's sitting in the unseen realm and it's waiting for you to take it by faith. God has put it there for you. In fact, it is there for you hidden and protected, waiting to be taken by faith. And faith is the only way that it can come to you. That's all designed. It's all designed for you. It's protected. It's covered. Often it's hidden, but it's there for you. And faith is the way you can take it. And it's the only way. As Bill Winston says, faith is the holder of your destiny. Why? Because it's the only safe place. Anyway, I digress. It's time to take it. Remember, nothing can stand between you and the promise, but you have to take it by faith. Now, look, let me just give you an example. All right. Great is the peace of my children. Great is the peace of my children. In Jesus name, by Jesus stripes, I was healed by Jesus stripes. I was healed. God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Hey, look, first of all, if that sounds weird, I get it. Maybe you've never been there, but maybe you've never been in a desperate situation before. And I, I, I'm glad if you haven't. Good for you. Praise God. Unfortunately, I've been in a few, right, where I've had to get violent about the promises of God for my life, violent in the spirit realm, violent to take it by force. Because I hate the devil. I hate what he tries to do in people's lives. And I'm going to go after what God has for me. So you take those verses, you take those rhema words, and you boldly and aggressively declare those words, right? Yes, they are Bible verses. They are written ones. Everything I just read to you, they are logos words, but they've been quickened to me. And now they are my ramus, all right? So you keep speaking, confessing, meditating, praying those rhema words over your personal situation. And here is why. Romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing the rhema word of God. When you look at that verse, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. The word word in that verse is rhema. Now, look, I get it. Yes, absolutely. The written word of God, the logos, the whole thing that will build your faith as well. But this is a specific teaching we're doing here today. Increasing your faith, building your faith comes through hearing that rhema. So start with the rhema. Now, then start confessing it because faith comes when you hear that rhema. This is a spiritual and supernatural process. As you hear the rhema word of God, both with your natural ears and your spiritual ears, Faith will rise in your heart. Your situation may look hopeless. Your natural reality may look like the opposite of what you're confessing. But as you boldly confess the word, your mind will move away from the natural circumstances and towards the rhema word of God. This is just how it works, my friends. This is just what happens. Your mind, as you boldly confess the rhema, your mind will begin to believe God's rhema word more than it believes the physical circumstances. And not, again, I've talked about my ankle. As I went to that first step to bring the hamster cage upstairs, even though my ankle hurt, when I hit that first step, no, I didn't get the physical manifestation, but I had it. I recognized within myself that I confessed that word and I built my faith and my ankle still hurts. But I've got it now. It's mine now. I'm healed now. I got it. You must get to that place where you believe the rhema word of God more than the physical circumstances. 
Even while you still feel sick, you confess. By Jesus' stripes I was healed. That's 1 Peter 2.24. Faith begins rising in you. Your mind begins moving into line with your faith. Sorry, I had to look at a Bible verse real quick. Uh, you begin focusing more on the promise than your natural circumstance. Also, while you're doing this, mix in a little praying in the spirit, praying in tongues, praying in your, in your prayer language and worship to move your mind during this process. So we, we're confessing the word, we're worshiping and we're praying in the spirit. And all of these are moving our minds towards God's promise, towards the rhema and away from the natural circumstance. That's the key. Now, as your faith rises, you get to the place where you know you've got it. That's the key, getting to that place. You press in with your rhemas until you get there, where you know you've got it regardless of the natural circumstance. I still feel sick, but I know that by Jesus' stripes I was healed. Look, this is not a natural situation. This is not a natural mechanism to literally... Uh, turn away from physical reality and embrace a spiritual promise. I get it. I know there are teachings and thoughts about there, but you know, we don't deny that we're sick, blah, blah, blah. We don't need to get in that, into that today. What you are doing today is specifically building your faith in the biblical promise of God. And please, like, especially if you're worried about this, about healing, like, how do you interact with a doctor? How do you interact with medicine? Please listen to my other teachings on healing. There's nothing wrong with medicine. There's nothing wrong with doctors. Where is your faith? Build your faith in the promises of God. And maybe your faith is that it's going to work in line with medical treatment from the doctor. That's cool too. All right. That's another day. Right now, we are moving our mind away from the physical circumstances and putting our mind into the promise of God. We are literally bonding the promise of God to our mind, to our our impression of reality. I may feel terrible, but by Jesus' stripes, I was healed and I've got it. It makes no sense to the natural mind, but you will know when you get there. And look, I just want to say it may be difficult to get to that place where you know you have it despite the natural circumstance. That is the force of unbelief operating. Unbelief in God's promises can come from different sources, but the result is the same. Unbelief fights against your faith and prevents manifestation. In Greek, the word faith is pistis, and the word unbelief is apistia, which literally means without pistis or without faith. So you can see how they would fight against each other. Pistis and apistia, opposing forces that, that prevent manifestation when that apistia is in your life. You've got to deal with that. As you are confessing God's rhema word and your faith is rising, simultaneously, unbelief is being driven out of your mind. And sometimes it can be difficult to deal with. Like if you have a bad medical situation and you constantly feel the pain. So in those situations, Jesus told us that prayer and fasting Help us drive out the unbelief. Jesus was not telling the disciples in Matthew 17, 20 that prayer and fasting make demons flee. Rather, prayer and fasting get rid of unbelief so that our faith works to make the demons flee. Look, be calm and patient with yourself. Trust the process. Faith or pistis comes by hearing the rhema word of God. As pistis comes, apistia goes. Fast and pray. Stand strong on your rhema words and hear them over and over and over. You will get there. Visualization also helps. True biblical hope is a positive ab, uh, imagination. See yourself in your mind, in possession of the promise. As you're meditating that verse, see yourself walking without pain. See yourself exercising without pain. See the, the CT scan report saying no evidence of disease. See the blood work saying tumor marker zero. See the uh, 
uh, x-ray showing your situation totally and completely healed, right? You visualize that. You get the mental image of that to work in line with your faith. Another thing people talk about, definitely endorse this. This is a practice endorsed by very well-respected people. Get an image of of what you're uh, believing for and put it somewhere. On my board, I've got I've got a picture of this land I own in Colorado to keep my faith that you know we're going to get a house out there. I've got a board of a Reinhard Bonnke meeting for my faith for ministry and and you know what I believe God wants to do. And, uh, you know, when my wife was going through her healing journey, we, I mean, look, you can say whatever you want. It's kind of weird, whatever. We had a picture of what a perfectly healthy liver looks like up on the bathroom wall, a perfectly healthy, uh, colon looks like. And, and, uh, and another one, I can't remember exactly what it was, but anyway, we, these pictures, oh, you know, it's like a, your, your, what your blood cells are supposed to look like or something like that. You know, just, just these pictures, these images to go along with your faith. That's what I'm believing for. That's where my faith is. By Jesus stripes, I'm healed. This is mine now. Remember, what we're doing in this stage of the process is we're building our faith. We're building our epistia. And excuse me, we're building our faith, we're building our pistis, and we're driving out apistia or unbelief. So look, you might say, okay, Byron, sounds great. How do I know when I get there? Look, this is this is great, great stuff here. You will know that you've moved into the place of faith, true biblical faith, true pistis, where your pistis has really risen above the apistia. A few different ways. You're gonna know this. First of all, you will feel yourself on the inside that you've got it. It's like all of a sudden in self, you know that you've got it. You might still feel the physical issues, but on the inside, you can see that you have this promise from God. It's like suddenly you just realize, you know what? I've got this. I've got this thing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. This is mine. In addition to that, the fear and anxiety over the situation start leaving. You start to feel that peace. You start to feel that joy come through because you know that you've got it. Some people refer to this as as praying it through. And that's a fine thing to say. And I think it's helpful to remember. Hebrews 4.3 says, They which have believed do enter rest. The Greek word for believe is pisteo, which literally means have pistis or have faith. And so here's what the Bible is telling us. For they which have true biblical faith or pistis, they enter rest. You know that you're in faith when you can feel that you've entered rest, when you feel the peace, when you no longer fear the problem, when you feel the joy over God's promise and you know that it's done. Now you are in faith. God's promise is bigger on the inside than the situation on the outside. That's another way to think about it. The true place of biblical faith is when you know you have something from God, regardless of any contrary evidence in the natural realm. You know you are healed even though it still hurts. You know God is providing for you even though you don't see cash in your bank account. You know God has restored your relationship with your child even while they're still acting crazy. This is pistis. This is biblical faith. And we walk by faith not by sight. We walk by pistis, not by sight or not by what we perceive in the natural realm. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 7. The Bible actually says we walk by faith, not by sight four times. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's Hebrews 11, 1. I encourage you to meditate that verse. Faith is when you know you have something, even when there's no physical manifestation, The rest, the peace, the feeling of release and joy, those things come with faith and they help you recognize when you are in faith. When you know you've got something, when you're not feeling that fear or that worry anymore that you won't get it or you it won't work, you don't feel those feelings anymore, that fear, that anxiety, that worry, because you know you've got it. And now look, let me just say, maybe you've never gotten to true biblical faith like this before. That's okay. You will know it when you feel it. 
Pick a situation in your life. In your life, study the verses. Get a rhema word from God and go after this. Maybe start with with a smaller situation to begin operating this way. Uh, you'll know it when you get there. When you get to faith, you will love the feeling because it's a true peace from the Holy Spirit over your situation. And yes, I know Christians aren't supposed to rely on feelings, and it's not that I'm trying to get weird about this. But the Bible promises rest when we get into faith. And that is a spiritual promise and a reality. Humans are spirit, soul, and body. Sometimes when spiritual things happen, there is an impact on our minds and even our flesh. Entering into the rest or peace of God by faith is such a thing. This peace, this rest, brings a calmness, a peace, or joy to our mind. Again, you will know it when you get there. If you still feel the feel the fear, the anxiety, the doubt, that's unbelief, and it's warring against your manifestation of the promise. Fast and pray. Keep confessing the rhema to keep your faith rising. Don't fear or worry. Just keep pressing in. Remember, God wants you to have the promise more than you do. The Holy Spirit is with you. You are going after your inheritance. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. When you are in the place of faith is when the power of God is flowing for your manifestation. You are at rest in your faith for what you want from God, and you know that God's power is flowing from the spiritual realm to the natural realm now. So, moving on, right? What are we talking about? We're going to get a rhema from God. We're going to meditate that rhema. Our faith or our pistis is going to rise. We're going to fast and pray. We're going to meditate that word. The unbelief or the apistia, apistia is going to dissipate. And our, we're going to focus on our faith, on our meditation, on our confessing, on our ramus until it becomes bigger to us that we have God's promise more than the natural circumstances. When that happens, you're going to begin to feel that joy, that peace, that release of the anxiety, that release of the worry. Now you're entering into rest and now you're in faith. And in that place of faith, look, I'm not saying God's power wasn't flowing already. I'm not trying to be too dogmatic about that. But there is no question when you hit this place of faith, now the power of God is flowing at full force, right? The faucet is fully opened. The switch has been totally flipped and the power of God is boom, flowing straight from the throne of heaven, straight down to that situation in your life to bring manifestation of your promise. So that's where we are. So now listen to this. We got to keep going here. There's a couple more essential components. During this entire process, you must listen for anything God tells you to do. One of the great secrets of the Bible, which is staring us right in the face, is that when you are seeking something from God, God often gives us a direction that makes no sense to our natural minds. He may tell you to forgive, repent, change something in your life, roll away the stone from the dead man's tomb, go wash in the river Jordan, let down your net again, no matter how pointless it sounds, and you've been fishing all night and caught nothing, spit mud, spit in the mud and rub it on your eyes, give a financial gift even when you're feeling broke, you know, leave some peace, leave some situation, call some random person to agree with you in prayer, for example, or do any number of other things. And some of them may sound crazy, but this is the biblical model. God very often gives us something to do in the natural realm to cooperate with our faith. Some people call this faith's corresponding action. And we could also look at the word, the verse from James, faith without works is dead. Complicated verse, I agree, but we're always looking for faith's corresponding action in anything we need to do in the natural realm to cooperate with our faith. Again, don't worry. Don't get uptight about this. You stay in that place of faith. This is your primary job, to keep yourself in the place of faith. Because the other thing I want you to know is that when you are in that place of faith, you are tuned in. And that direction is going to come. You know, and if, if it's something big, it's something really important to you, I encourage you, don't be watching TV. Don't be spending a lot of time on Facebook. Don't be, you know, don't be allowing these things into your mind 
that'll, that'll kind of tune you away from your faith. It'll tune you away from God's frequency, right? You stay tuned in, in faith, tuned in. The direction's going to come, right? Don't be worried. What do I need to do? What do I need to do? Don't think of it like that. Not that you would, but don't. Just stay calm, stay in faith, and listen. If there's something you need to do, God's going to get you that message. And in fact, you know, God may not give you a direction every single time. It, it doesn't always, it's not always necessary, but just be listening. And a big part of this, and something to be remembered, is James 4, 7, resist the devil and he will flee. God may tell you to do something that goes directly against your problem in the natural realm. You may even want to look for that. If your kid is acting crazy, you give her a big hug and a big kiss and love on her anyway. Look, I've got two daughters. I've been there, right? Your ankle hurts big time, but you get up and you clean the house anyway. I was there. Your bank account says you're broke, but you give a gift to the church in faith anyway. Man, I tell you, a few. This is this is years ago now, but man, I was having a rough time. I mean, you know, self-employed hadn't been long, blah blah blah. But I had an opportunity. I knew the Lord wanted me to give something, you know, even when it wasn't great in our in our lives. And bam, I ended up having the best month I ever have. All these deals that have one problem or another, boom, they start closing. You know, that gift broke something in the in the spiritual realm. Anyway, my point is we resist the devil and he will flee. And often God's specific directions are going to be straight against what's coming against us. Give when we feel broke. Love when we feel angry. Forgive when we're really mad. You know what I'm saying? And go right against what the devil's trying to do in your life. We resist. We fight. We war in the natural and spiritual realms. We do whatever we need to do. The violent take it by force. Unfortunately... While these promises are our inheritance, sometimes we need to get kind of violent like this. Sometimes we need to get into the spiritual warfare to get to this manifestation. And God is with you. Your faith will overcome anything that stands against you. Do whatever he tells you to do. Remember what Mary told the servants at the wedding? Do whatever he tells you to do. That is one of the great messages from the word of God. Similarly, we must recognize if there is a biblical system or a kingdom of God system that we must operate. And I want to be clear. We are not earning things from God. We can't earn anything from God. Divorce that thought process from your mind. I remember it was a great day years ago when I realized this. Everything from God is a free gift from his grace. However, there is a kingdom of God process to receive some of God's promises. To put it another way, the promise is the system itself. For example, if you are really in a financial bind, you can use one of God's promises to receive a financial miracle. But that is different from truly operating in the divine provision system that the Bible promises. And it's much better, let me just say, to live in God's financial provision, the divine provision system, than needing to go from miracle to miracle, to from financial miracle to financial miracle. To operate in the system, you have to learn the system from the Bible, and then you have to sow and reap, and you must operate in seed time and harvest. Similarly, if you are sick, you can receive a miraculous healing. But to operate in true divine health, you need to treat your body correctly according to the Bible's teachings. You can't eat fast food every meal and expect to live in perfect health. There are a lot of people out there that go from meeting to meeting, from miracle to miracle, and it's wonderful. They have faith for a miracle, and they're seeing miracles in their lives. You know, hey, I may have had this crazy medical problem, but I had a miraculous healing, and then I had this one, and I got a miraculous healing. That's that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But how much better to truly you know, study the word of God's teachings over our life, over our health, over our finances, and see a constant manifestation of his blessings and his kingdom of God provision in our lives. Those are two different things, but they both work the same way. Whether you find yourself, uh, you know, let me, let me just try to put this simply. Sometimes when you are believing God for a supernatural manifestation of one of his promises, 
God may tell you to do something specific. You must do that. It is the key to your manifestation. However, if you are believing for something more systematic or something you want to see constantly, like better relationships to kids, financial stability, you know, consistently good health, then he might point you to his word for his guidance in those areas. And you need to start living that way. All right. And you live that way in faith. I tithe and the windows of heaven are open over my life. For example, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm a loving person and I expect to see, uh, you know, good relationships in my life. He who, ha- who would have friends must show himself friendly, I believe the, the word says. So those are just examples. When you so- find yourself believing God for a systemic blessing like divine pr- prosperity or divine health, then you must operate that system by faith. You truly enter into a lifestyle of faith for those promises and you get a few verses or rhema words to do so. For example, I have a few verses that I confess every day over my health, my family, and my finances. I'm not looking for, you know, a miracle here and miracle there. I'm looking for a sustained, systemic manifestation of God's promise in my life. So I need to operate the system. I'm going to live by faith in all of those areas. I'm constantly in faith for all of those those areas of my life. There is a difference between that one-time miracle and that lifelong manifestation. But again, they both work by faith in God's promises and they both work according to the system I'm outlining today. You see what you want in your life. You get it from the word of God. You get your rhema. You build your faith in that rhema and you do what God tells you to do. I'm just saying that sometimes it's more of a systemic approach that God will lead you to as opposed to a one-off here and there. And I think if you really grasp that and begin to live in God's systems for these areas of your life, that's really going to bless you as well. But again, you got to build your faith. So regardless of whether you're looking for that single miracle or that manifestation, you uh, that lifelong manifestation, you get yourself into faith over the promises and you do what God wants you to do. I think that's the right way to put it. I think that's a good phrase to, to really ingrain in your mind as you think about this process. I'm standing in faith for God's promises and I'm doing whatever he tells me to do. And if I feel fear, doubt, unbelief, whatever, then that's apistia, that's unbelief coming after me. And I'm going to fight against that thing. I'm going to get my pistis, my faith, where it needs to be through the rhema, through prayer and fasting. As you are in the place of faith, remember we're in the place of faith for the manifestation of of God's promise now. We begin expecting the manifestation in the physical realm. Confident expectation is the true definition of the biblical word hope. It's not that it might show up. It's not that you hope it'll show up. It's not that you really want it to show up. You know it will show up. If your close friend say uh, they are coming to your house in a 15 minutes, you know that barring some crazy unforeseen circumstance, your friend's going to be there in around 15 minutes. You confidently expect it. There's no doubt in your mind your friend is on his way. How much more should we do so with God's promises, especially as there are no unforeseen circumstances that might derail his promises manifesting in your life? And just a short example on this, you know, I'm a lawyer and each month I bill my clients. And look, I, I'm so blessed with my clients. I'm so close with my with clients that I don't have the slightest doubts about my payments. I've worked for all of them for years and they've paid me every single time. There is no doubt or fear about this literally in my brain. When I hit the bill, it's like it might as well have been when I send them the bill, it's like the money might as well have hit my account. I have that much faith in that they're going to pay me what I bill. And, you know, that's testament that God's brought me some awesome clients. But anyway, you know, one time God helped me realize this. And then he said something like, you know, why don't you trust me and my promises like you trust them? Well, I felt pretty bad about that, but it was a good point. And I, I need to trust God more than anyone else. I need to be more confident 
in the manifestation of his promises more than the manifestation of anyone else's promises, right? God's promises are sure to me. They are, in fact, my legal right, my entitlement, my inheritance. The manifestation is on the way. So you stand in faith and confidently expect the manifestation to show up. As you do this, spend time in worship and your prayer language, praying in tongues. Because again, these keep your mind in the place of faith These activities also have effects in the spiritual realm to fight against unclean spirits that might hinder your manifestation. Manifestation. A deep dive into the spirit realm's activity while you are believing for manifestation is beyond the scope of this teaching, but don't worry about it too much. While you are in faith, remember we are going to do whatever God tells us to do. God may tell you to worship. He may tell you to spend time in your prayer language. He may tell you to come against some unclean spirits that are fighting against you. I had that situation recently. I think I mentioned last time I had a situation in my life that was totally unexpected. I would never have thought it was an unclean spirit, but that's what God said it was. So I'm I'm in faith. I use my faith and I'm listening. Boom. God says, look, that's an unclean spirit. You come against that. Did that. Boom. Problem never showed up again. As long as you stay tuned in, God will tell you everything you need to do. So you stand in faith, you're praying, you're worshiping, you're listening, and you're expecting your manifestation. If you feel the fear or anxiety, you just get back into faith, right? Your manifestation is going to come every single time. What about Ferraris? All right, Byron, can I use what you're discussing today to get a Ferrari? Look, let's not waste our time, all right? Today, we are focused on God's plan for your life and the specific promises from God manifesting in your life. We're also talking about the faith and grace system so we can use it to fight against the kingdom of darkness on behalf of the kingdom of God. I am the first person to say that God wants us to have the best of the land, but we are not talking about this grace and faith system just to get random material stuff. You set your affection on the house of God and let him guide you into everything that he has for your life, right? You got a material issue in your life. You need a new car. You need a new house. You need something. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. You get those verses and you let God guide you to what he has for your life that he wants to provide with you. He wants you to have nice stuff more than you do. But I'm not talking about using the system simply to go after material stuff. No, I am using the system to go after God's will for our lives. And he's going to bring us to the high places of the earth. He's going to bring us to the promised land. And the system is going to help us get there in every area of your life. So, You've used this faith and grace system to receive, and it's manifested. All right, we're, we're almost done today, right? So we've used the system. I've used the system for healing, for prosperity, for, for a better relationship, for restoration of a relationship. Whatever it is, you've used it, and it's manifested. Praise the Lord. After manifestation, especially in the area of healing, the devil or unclean spirits or something in the natural realm may try to steal what you have received, right? There are lots of times where people say, oh, I got healed and I felt great at the meeting, but when I woke up the next day, the pain was back, right? Or, you know, you know you've probably heard this, right? They do these studies on all these people that got healed at, at the miracle healing service, right? And a month later, none of them were healed. It was all a big sham and it was just a design to get your money. No, that's not what happened at all. The devil tries to steal the word as soon as it is sown in your heart. That's Mark 4, 15. The devil may try to steal your rhema word before you even really get into this process, but he often tries to steal your manifestation. After manifestation, if something comes against you, be it a symptom or some other thing in the physical realm that says you didn't actually receive it, it didn't actually work, you were wrong, whatever, You rebuke that thing in Jesus' name. You take authority over it and command it to go in Jesus' name. Command any unclean spirits attacking, attempting to work against you to stop in Jesus' name. You get right back to that place of faith. You just take a few minutes, right? Because what happens, right? Now you've got a symptom. Now you've got a problem. Now that unbelief is immediately starting to rise up. That physical circumstance is starting to rise up and take you away from the place of faith. Hey, It happens to us all. Just take a deep breath. Not today, Satan. 
And in Jesus' name, you get yourself right back into the place of faith. You pull out those verses again. You pull out those ramas again, and you go right back to warn them. Only this time, it's going to be easier. This time, it's not going to take that long. I mean, in the healing area, this is commonly referred to as a counterattack. You won. You got your manifestation. But that that devil who's already been defeated, that sickness who's already been thrown out once, they're trying to make one last-ditch effort. The common teaching on this subject is when you suffer a counterattack in various areas of your life, which is not uncommon, unfortunately, that devil's trying to come back in one more time to steal what you got. The counterattack is, is in fact weaker and you just, you pick yourself right back up. You get right back into the place of faith and that thing is going to go quick, never to return. But anyway, doesn't matter. You feel a counterattack. You think something's trying to steal what you got. You get right back into the place of faith. Remember that the true place of faith is knowing that you have something without seeing any evidence yet in the natural realm. So even if something's trying to fight against you again, you already dealt with it once. You've already had victory once. You've tasted it once. You just go back, get in that place of faith. And you're going to get that manifestation again. And you're going to get that manifestation in your faith built up so strong that it's going to be a lifelong manifestation where it's a done deal. My friends, I'm blessed to be able to share this with you. I am going to be aggressively applying these teachings to my life. I pray you do the same. Some of the most important revelations that I have received are, one, that all of God's promises have been completely released to the body of Christ now. Two, all of God's promises are available on demand at all times to Christians. Three, the entire grace and faith system was designed by God so that nothing will prevent the manifestation of God's promises in our lives. What I have presented to you today is a comprehensive overview of how the grace and faith system works. I'm not suggesting that it will always look exactly the same in two similar situations. God may give you very different specific directions for very two very similar situations. I'm just the best idea I have combined is this guy I know. He got really sick a couple of times. They were different sicknesses, but you know, one time God told him to get, you know, a certain few people to pray with him. They all prayed. Boom. He was immediately and totally healed. There was another time God said, look, I don't want you to go to those people anymore. You've grown up now. I want you to get a few verses and I want you to stand in faith on these verses. Boom. Once again, the guy was totally and completely healed. So that's just an example how it doesn't always work the same, but the process is always the same. You build your faith in the rhema word of God. And you do whatever God tells you to do. Please understand that God wants us to have his promises more than we do. Imagine your relative up in heaven. He left you great riches, but you hadn't gone to the courthouse and filled out the paperwork to take control of the bank accounts or the properties. If, just so you know, if someone leaves you money, you know, there's a few things you got to do. There, you know, you got to go take possession, take ownership. These blessings of your inheritance from God, they are all just sitting there. Like like an inheritance that's just languishing in the control of the court system. Somebody else might be might might be eating the fruit from your property or collecting the interest from your money. Now that's the way it is if you're not out there getting your inheritance. But this inheritance would radically bless your life. How sad would your relative be? How do you think God feels about the unimaginably awesome inheritance that He has left left us? That we have yet to obtain. The inheritance from God includes all of God's promise. I mean, the in, true inheritance from God that we have is mind-blowing, unbelievable. I'm sure, I mean, I bet we don't even understand a small part of it. But there's no question that your inheritance includes all of God's promises. They are your inheritance now. And the grace and faith system was designed by God to make absolutely sure that nothing can stand between you and the promises. You just have to use your faith and get them. My friends, it is time to take the land. It is time to inherit the promises. I'm going to take my land and I'm with you to help you take yours. I love you. God bless you. Talk again soon. 
Hey guys, let me just give you one more thought on this subject to really make sure that we round out this teaching. And I'm sorry I forgot to mention this, but I realized I forgot it when I was going to upload this recording. But look, here it is. Hebrews 6.12, by faith and patience, we inherit the promises. It is an important verse and we do need to mention it. It is part of the process, but it's a simple part and we can mention it briefly. Patience from a biblical perspective is just staying in the place of faith for a long time. So you get yourself into that place of faith as we've discussed and then you're, you remain, you remain in that place of faith. Cause remember, while you're in the place of faith, the power of God is flowing for your manifestation. Look, sometimes it happens instantaneously. We see that throughout the Bible. Sometimes it may take a day. We see that with Jesus in the fig tree that withered up from the root. You know, and just sometimes in our lives, for whatever reason, it's going to take longer. We need to be willing to remain in that place of faith and guard our hearts, guard our minds, watch ourselves to stay in that place of faith. So that's it. It's faith and patience. And patience is staying in the place of faith over a longer period of time. By faith and patience, we inherit the promises. Again, that's Hebrews 6.12. And I just didn't want to send this message out there without including that verse. Thank you again, and God bless you.